This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. Talking today with Randy Austin of Matawan, Michigan. The interviewer is James Smither of Grand Valley State University. Mr. Austin, can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where were you born, for instance? I was born in Pawpaw, Michigan, and I. And when were you? And what date? In uh, uh, December 30th, of 1945. Mm-hmm. And then did you grow up here? I grew up in Matawan, Michigan, and uh, that's about six miles from Pawpaw. All right. And what did your family do? Uh, great farmers. My dad worked. Uh, in a, in a factory as a maintenance uh, supervisor, and uh, I just grew up on a grape farm. All right, uh, and did you finish high school? Yes, I did. Okay, and what year did you graduate? 1964. Okay, and um, what did you do after that? Well, I worked on a farm, various little mediocre jobs, just like any other kid getting out of school. Mm -hmm. And then, at what point did you get drafted? Uh, it was in uh, 1965, uh, about October, I guess. All right. And uh, where did you where did you report to once you got the draft notice? Well, I went over to uh, Pawpaw to the uh, what they call it, it the Quarter E Club. Here's mm -hmm. what's across, right across the street from the sheriff department, and they put us up. We all showed up at the same time. A whole bunch of us loaded mm -hmm. on loaded us all up on a bus, just like cattle and run us off to Detroit to Fort Wayne. All right. And what did you do there? Well, the usual physical stuff, poke and pride and poke, and mm -hmm. take a bunch of tests, and just pre-induction yeah. tests and yeah. stuff. What was your reaction to being drafted in the first place? Oh, I didn't like it. Well, why not? Just, you know, didn't have any control over my life. It was... It's one of those, uh, you do it, mm -hmm. you know. you're called, do it. Right. Now, did you know much about what was going on in Vietnam in that time or other mm -hmm. stuff like that? And Vietnam wasn't as big a deal as, as it was going to be a couple of years later. Yeah, true. But, but did you know much about that then? Uh, just uh, I didn't want to go there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be a good place to go. All right. Now, where do they send you then for basic training? I was in uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky okay. in the wintertime. Uh, and uh, what was the routine like there? What? How do they treat you? Oh, just like any other draftee or any other recruit. Mm -hmm. Just beat you down and build you back up. You know. Did you have a sense that the drill sergeants were reasonably fair and knew what they were doing, mm -hmm. or or maybe not? Oh, yeah, they knew what they were doing. Okay. I, was just, I was just a kid, you know, just 18 years old. Basically yeah. just... Away from home, so I don't know what to say. Just well, uh, did you have much trouble adjusting to it? Uh, always have trouble adjusting to something you don't want to do, but not, not really. Were there guys there who'd get into a lot of trouble, or? Oh, there's a couple of you know, always, they always pick on a couple of guys that are, you know, substandard or you mm -hmm. know, just not holding up their end of the gun. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if they were going to pick on somebody or make an example out of somebody, what sort of stuff did they do? Uh, just give them extra de details and you know, just yell at them. And, mm -hmm. just, you know, just. Okay. Now, did they have you doing uh, a lot of stuff outside, marching around and, yeah. and camping out and yeah. that, some of that. that sort of thing? 
when you were growing up uh, in this area around here, did you spend much time hunting and fishing, things like that, being no, outdoors? Uh -uh. Yeah. So it wasn't like you'd been doing that all the time before. No, I'd, I've camped out, you know, as a kid and mm -hmm. stuff. And that wasn't a problem. All right. But it's just, you know, they're, they're, in basic training, they just teach you to rely on the other guy and just everybody working together as a unit. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's rather individuals. Right. Now, did they give you much in the way of weapons training and things like that oh, there? Yeah. Okay. And what kind of weapons were you trained on? M14. Can you describe that for an audience who doesn't know what it is? Uh... I think it's about like a thirty out six or three oh eight. Okay, was it not? It's a it's a, a, a newer version of M one. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a. So it's an automatic rifle, but it's not as good as the M sixteen. They didn't give us a key to turn on automatic. Yeah, it's one shot at a time. Yeah, I think it's sort of a transition to one between the M one and the M sixteen. It comes in a little bit later. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, how long do they have you in basic? Uh, eight weeks. All right. Uh, and then where do you go at the end of that? Well, I went to, uh, I took a two-week leave, which I give two weeks there, but mm -hmm. uh, was it, I think it was in April. I come home for two weeks and yeah, just partied. And, right. And uh, I had, uh, well, when I first went in, they, being a, brainwashed to get mm -hmm. you, you know, just take advantage of you. It's like they had uh, uh, recruiters there. Mm -hmm. So I did pretty good in electronics and mm -hmm. tests and stuff. Right. So they taught me into signing up for another year. Okay. So I did. I ended up with three years instead of a two-year draft. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 I signed up for uh, avionics, aviation electronics, mm -hmm. and thinking, yeah, hey, you know, working on jets and sure. airplanes and stuff, you know, and then, eh, that ain't too bad. I'll do it, you know. So when I got out of uh, basic training, I had orders to go to uh, New Jersey to, uh, oh, Fort, uh, can't think of it. But it's in New Jersey. It's, okay. It was the. Uh, was was it a big base or a small? It, it was fairly small. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Fort Dix. It yeah. was. Uh, well, anyway, it was supposed to be in the Taj Mahal or the country club of the, the army. It's just next to uh, Atlantic City. Mm, yes, yeah, so Cape Mary area. I think. Yeah. I can't think of the name of the base. That's all right. But anyway, the, those are my draft orders. Mm -hmm. And after being there for about a week, then. Uh, Oh, well, you can't stay here. you got to go to Fort Gordon, Georgia, because your enlistment orders for avionics supersedes your draft orders. Mm -hmm. Well, had I stayed at, uh, dang, God, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, if I had stayed there, I'd have ended up, because a friend of mine had the same orders, mm -hmm. and we went up there together. We was in uh, uh, basics together, and he ended up in Panama mm -hmm. doing uh, what they call fixed plant, which would be a, 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 an array of uh, uh, communication, mm -hmm. repair and communication. Uh, but stuff on base installations yeah, and things yeah. like that, yeah. And uh, so I ended up going to Fort Gordon, Georgia. And I never so hot in my life and never so cold in my life. I was there all summer long and hot and humid. 
And in the wintertime, it was cold. They put us out in a tent. What part of Georgia was it in? Augusta. All right. I didn't see anybody playing golf. I had no interest mm -hmm. in golf at that time. <laughs> but uh, the... Uh, we had like, I think it was, the, the, I, the, I signed up for like 35 weeks and they cut it down to a uh, 26 week mm -hmm. course and you know, it's no big deal. But the, uh, the, the, the training I had the first eight or 10 weeks was uh, uh, basic electronics. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about electronics. Each section was like in two weeks. Like we started out with, uh, I can't say what, which radio, but it was like VHF, FM, mm -hmm. UHF, transponders, and, and stuff like that, navigational stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, each section, like VHF was a two-week course, and UHF was a two-week course. Well, somewhere along the line, I did a, if they, if you didn't pass the class, they'd phase you back and you'd take it over again. Mm -hmm. So I ended up taking a two-week I don't remember what it was, but I took it over again, mm -hmm. and I did it again. Well, the third time you're out, you go to grab your rifle because you're going to go pound a, mm -hmm. you know, ground pounder, and uh, I did it twice. And when I graduated or got out of the, the AIT, mm -hmm. uh, both classes that I phased out of, every, everybody went to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And everybody in my class that I ended up graduating with went to Germany. Dumb luck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Something to be said for passing the course. Though. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, but I ended up going to Germany. Uh, I spent uh, almost two years in uh, Baumholder, Germany. Okay. Uh, when you went over there, how did they get you over there? We flew. And could you I, fly commercial or military plane? It or? was a commercial. Uh, I think it was Pan Am. Quite possibly at that point. Yep. Yeah. It was. Uh, we flew from. Uh, I had to report to Fort Dix, mm -hmm. and from there, we flew to uh, Frankfurt, Germany, and then mm -hmm. I got on a train, went to Baumholder. Okay. And what part of Germany is was Baumholder in? Uh, it was on the western, western. West of Frankfurt. Okay, yeah, so you're going to Western Germany, kind of toward the Rhineland area as opposed Well, the Rhineland would be in. The, Rhineland was a little further north, but. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of north. Moselle was. Mm -hmm. The Moselle River was a little bit to the north of okay. us. Okay. You know, Landstuhl was not too far from us, uh, mm -hmm. Ramstein and. Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah, so you're not you're not real close to you know, the East German border and Czech no, border and anything no. else like that at all. No. You're kind of more toward France and Belgium and mm -hmm. place. Okay. Exactly. All right. Now, uh, when when you got there, what what kind of duties did they give you? Oh, the first few weeks, uh, you know, I'm the low man on a pole, so you any extra do extra uh, ration runs or you know just little jobs. You know, I was amongst the rest of the so sort of I just I, I, you're, you're, you're the gopher for the other guys more than yeah, doing anything much, yeah. that you're trained for yeah All right. I, I still had my regular duties but when uh, when they'd have a, a, a ration run or something like that we had I didn't have to do KP we had civilian KPs mm -hmm. we, we paid 
so much out of our check. We didn't get mm -hmm. a check, we got cash. But uh, we paid so much a, a month, for, mm -hmm. so we didn't have to do KP. We hired civilian KPs. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Pots and pans, man. Outside, man. Right. <laughs> Well, what, what were your regular duties? I mean, what actual work did they have you do? Oh, well, I was in a, a headquarters and maintenance battalion. And uh, uh, the maintenance part of it, they worked on tanks. They worked on, uh, um, they had a regular motor pool, uh, armament repair, uh, electronics, you know, like Jeep radios, mm -hmm. tank radios. And, stuff like that and finally I ended up uh, filling a slot I was, I was basically a uh, aviation electronics technician it doesn't sound like they had a lot of aviation electronics no, there but, uh, we did have an airfield and mm -hmm. I had a couple of those uh, bubble helicopters UH ones mm -hmm. I think that's what they're called bubble helicopters mm -hmm. and fixed wing which is like a, they had a couple of Piper Cubs mm -hmm. like in, uh, in a larger plane and uh, they ended up getting a, a Huey chopper in, and, and they kind of attached me at the airfield, so I'd have to run back and forth mm -hmm. every day. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of on my own. It was, it was pretty cool. All right. Now, um, you were being assigned to this sort of position sort of as an individual. You're just kind of being sent there. You're not going in as part of a unit or anything like that. Well, part of the unit was, you know, they'd have slots and mm -hmm. right, the maintenance, being maintenance. You know, this section is uh, like uh, electronics. This section is, mm -hmm. you know, it's just part of the array. Right, right. But it wasn't a unit that you trained with and went over with no, as a group no, or anything was, like that. Exactly. It was an individual. Mm -hmm. We take a person and send them over here to this. Okay. Uh, uh, that, that's where the like today. These guys that are in the reserve mm -hmm. units and the, you know, they're picking up the whole unit yep. and taking them, and where they don't, you know, your buddy is as trained as you are, mm -hmm. so you're you're both training at the same time. That's I don't, that's not good. Yeah, it's one where the army's gone back and forth on that one for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they have periods where they think, hey, just add somebody to better. mentor you. Mm -hmm. you know, this is the way we do it. And, you know, just, it might not be the right way, but this is the way mm -hmm. we do it, you know. All right. Uh, did you have people there who did kind of show you the ropes and uh, Yeah, you? when I, I worked on uh, other equipment, you know, the mm -hmm. electronic equipment, and they showed me how to do stuff, you know, the easy way, shortcuts and stuff, but there was nobody there to mentor me on avi aviation electronics. Mm -hmm. And I ended up just doing, like, first and second echelon, which is, you know, the radio doesn't work. I don't know how to fix it. You know, just take it out <laughs> and send it off someplace, you know. And, well, my antenna's broke on my airplane, you know. Go out there and string a new antenna on it. And I guess this is the way it works, you know. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know? All right. How much sort of, you know, supervision and stuff did, did you get, you know, from officers or things like that? Uh, I pulled guard mount. Uh, there's always a shave tail lieutenant that's, Trying to make a name for himself mm -hmm. somewhere, you know. Just, but as as the, the officers progressed, you know, they they became more friendly. Mm -hmm. You know, you could tolerate them. You know, they could tolerate me. Whichever. Yeah. Were there guys in the maintenance battalion who who sort of been there a long time? Who were basically lifers or? Uh, oh yeah. yeah. 
most anybody above a E6 is a lifer. They, they, you know, the, the, like in Germany, uh, I think the, the term was a three or four year uh, tour of duty. Mm -hmm. And then they go someplace else or maybe back to the stage retrain. A lot of guys I was uh, trained in avionics with were older guys that were, had been to Germany a couple mm -hmm. times and they looking forward to going back and then they'd say, well, I'm going to such and such. You know, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, what was life like in Germany? I mean, to the extent that you could get off base or do anything? Oh, I could, uh, it was kind of, it was an open base at the mm -hmm. time. I could, I had my own car, bought a car, a little Volkswagen, and I traveled around, you know, just you know, just show my ID card and that was my passport. And mm -hmm. Go to certain countries. Uh, I think France was pretty open, you know, just mm -hmm. from Germany to France and just, you didn't, oh, am I there? Okay. <laughs> There's no gate or anything to go through. The worst one, I think, was going through uh, uh, into Spain. I had mm -hmm. to go through customs uh, between Germany well, I traveled a whole lot of, did a whole lot of traveling mm -hmm. while I was over there. Took leave, and I just, every chance I got, I'm out of here. You know? okay. Now, when you were traveling around, you were doing that in civilian clothes? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, who wants to dress up like a, an army guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, to what, what kind of attitude did people in Europe seem to have toward oh, Americans? Oh, you know? And you go into a guest house or something, especially off base, you know, mm -hmm. if you're you know, 20 miles, 10 miles from from base, you know, the you'd go into a guest house and have a couple of beers, next thing, oh, you're American, mm -hmm. buy a drink, you mm -hmm. know, just, and no problem. And you go into, uh, like, uh, Amsterdam, mm -hmm. uh, the Netherlands, uh, France, Belgium, you know, it was, it was great, you know, they'd walk you with open arms. Yeah, something that changes over time. Yeah. But, yeah. but at that point... Do you, do you, I, I wouldn't know so much anymore. <laughs> uh, do you think that did that seem like a sort of leftover from kind of just World War II? Oh, and, it was, definitely. Yeah. Now, when you're there, um, to what extent were people worried about you know, the Soviets doing something or anything else like that, anything really happening? No. I, I think that was moot at the time. It mm -hmm. just, there was nothing... Mm -hmm. Everybody tell you you're in the Cold War. Oh, okay. The only thing I worry about is going to Vietnam. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, they did they did pull guys out of out of our unit, mm -hmm. and they did have volunteers that went to Vietnam because they wanted to get out sooner or whatever. Okay. Well, what were you hearing about Vietnam at that point? It wasn't good. Mm -hmm. you know, it was right at the the height of the escalation or whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know, I guess what was. Uh, uh, Wake up call when I was in a, down in Fort Gordon and was in a day room watching TV and news come on and and it shows this uh, Huey helicopter kind of oh, 10 foot off the ground mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it goes bam you know, and them guys said that's what we're going to be working on. Why have no jets? Mm -hmm. <laughs> nah man we're going to be working on them. <laughs> I screwed up again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Um. Uh, aside from kind of traveling around, I mean, what else was there to do for entertainment over there? Oh, there was just, uh, you know, we could have, we, uh, in our company area, we had uh, a day room. We had beer in the day room. Mm -hmm. You know, we had TVs, you know, and bought uh, 
stereo equipment, mm -hmm. cameras, and stuff like that. But you know, it yeah. was right in that area. We could we could go out every night if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. you know, I'd just sign your name out or sign up, and I want to go out tonight and just sign. Half the time we just left, you know. Dogs were there for formation in the morning. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared. They didn't uh, have bed check. If they did, I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, were there any rules or regulations that they were fussy about? No, just not really. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like I said. It was kind of an open base. And yeah. Go to town at night, and have a few beers. You know, usually on a weekend. You know, mm -hmm. not, during a week, you know, pff, you know, gotta get up at six o'clock. Now, on the occasions when you pulled guard duty, did uh, anything interesting happen on those? Or just kind of stand around? Yeah, just stand around out in the cold or the guard shack or something or other. Mm -hmm. now, Getting a warm guard shack and just trying to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, did the Army make any particular effort to encourage you to re-up or stay on or anything like that? Oh, I had to go see the... What do they call them? The re-up officers, mm -hmm. as, as a re-enlistment officer. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> you're wasting your time. I'm out of here. Hey, were there guys that you were working with who maybe had been drafted and thought they might stay in? Or, oh yeah. And what seemed to motivate them? Couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Just maybe they liked the structure, and a lot of guys were married. You know, and well, they were married. They brought their wives over to Germany, and you know they they could do that. Mm -hmm. They lived off post, and you know, just about once a month we'd have an alert, and for some reason or other. Uh, so what happens on an alert? Yeah, we might uh, just get all our gear and go to our uh, shop, hang out, start the trucks up. Mm -hmm. And it might be at the middle of the night, it might be in the daytime. Uh, sometimes we moved out, went someplace, and did a perimeter, usually in the wintertime, or cold now. And do, do a guard perimeter type thing. A couple hours later, get back in the truck, go home. <laughs> Was this a place that um, any of the, the brass or higher ranking people came through or, or inspected at all? Oh, yeah, we always had inspections. Yeah. There was a, uh, we had our regular company inspections and some general, there's always a chain of command mm -hmm. and the inspector general come through and you'd, you know, we'd have uh, uh, inspections every weekend on Saturday or something for three or four weeks before the major inspection mm -hmm. make sure all our equipment was, everybody's socks are pointed and mm -hmm. rolled up and pointed in the same direction, you know, and everybody's got a, um, um, air mattress and a sleeping bag and all that stuff and just everything laid out everybody's all the same mm -hmm. um, now were there guys there who would uh, have problems and sort of leave before their tour was up or that they would what would they have to have to leave or be kicked out before the tour was up no not over once you got over in Germany you know, all mm -hmm. the I think all the uh Rejects, or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them, uh, were happened in basics. Mm -hmm. There was a couple through an AIT that just took off, but most of it was in basics. Yeah. 
Because it doesn't sound like it was that high stress of life necessarily. Well, it was, but it was, you know, if you look back at it, you know, it's like gym class all day long. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to do it, but you look back at it, well, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, I think think about actually being in Germany, once you got that far along compared to what you've done already, um, that was maybe better duty or oh, yeah. and more oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. Uh, now, while you were over there, were you following events back home? Were you aware that, of it being a resistance to the war or anything else like that going on? Yeah, we had a Stars and Stripes magazine, and we had a, um, of course, of Stars and Stripes is put out by the military. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, news on TV, which mm -hmm. was... Did you get American news on the base, or did you just They get... were through the, the military. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, so it was censored or whatever. All right. Now, when you finish your, your tour that in Germany and you come back, now are you based somewhere for a while and then discharged, or are you, are you mustered out pretty quickly? It was pretty quick. It was... Uh, uh, Being on a grape farm, I got my draft notice. I was just talking about this this morning to somebody else. My, I was raised on a grape farm, and my dad was a, a hardcore Republican. Mm -hmm. He was in the Republican Party and said, eh, you know, politics, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was drafted, I got my draft notice in October, and he got me a 90 day deferment on my draft. So I could work on, we were right in the middle of our grape harvest, right. you know, it was a seasonal thing. Mm -hmm. And so toward the tail end of my tour, a friend of mine that I knew from school was working in the early out uh, for client for, you could get out 90 days early if you're going to go to school, mm -hmm. you know, job related and stuff like that. He says, well, why don't you get a, uh, seasonal employment. So, oh, okay, I'll try it. So, I wrote home. My dad sent me all the stuff that I needed, and I got I got back to. I didn't think it was gonna fly, mm -hmm. you know, but it worked. All right. So your dad wasn't really eager to keep you in the army at that point. No, not really. He had. I got three older brothers, and and all all of them were in the military mm -hmm. during the Korean War and stuff. So it was. Uh, so you'd done your bit and that was yeah. enough. All right. Now once you got back here, is that what you did? You kind of went back and worked again on the farm? Yeah, for a while and then I just uh, part-time and got a job in town and paid more. Yeah. All right. And what kind of work were you doing? Uh, I went to work for uh, uh, Bell Telephone as a lineman for about three weeks. Most of it was spent, uh, most of my time was spent uh, safety and going doing classes mm -hmm. and this and that but they put me to work on tearing down uh, uh, telephone poles and crossbars mm -hmm. and stuff to you know climb up the pole all right and I was tearing down I wasn't having it was all right you know but I was, I was up there hanging over Portage Road at the uh, uh, rush hour and I gaffed out on one of my spurs, yeah, which means you know, in my 
chin was hitting my left knee, and uh. my right leg is out there dangling. I mean, I'm up there I hugging the pole, you know, I didn't slide down. But mm. This isn't good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to work for uh, uh, Frieden, Singer Business Machines, uh, doing data processing, repairing data processing equipment. Now, did any of the training you got in the military do you any good for any sure. of these jobs? Yeah. So in what ways has it been useful to you? Well, it's electronics. I mean, mm -hmm. just I learned electronics, you know. And uh, the, I worked at, uh, for TRW. Or, well, it was Frieden and it was bought out by Singer, Mach Singer Business Machines, which mm -hmm. was bought out by TRW. And... I worked eight years, and through once TRW got a hold of it, it just they started laying people off, and mm -hmm. I, was, I was one of them. I got right. to be the low man on a pole, and, and I started doing RV work. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about the business here. What kind of work do you do here? Well, I started out doing uh, refrigeration. Uh, it's a RV refrigeration. It's ammonia absorption refrigerator. A uh, friend of mine talked me into going in with him, and mm -hmm. yeah, I was laid off, and I was drawing unemployment, you know, and I, okay, mm -hmm. and there was nobody else doing it, it was recharging ammonia absorption refrigerators, mm -hmm. and the refrigerator, you put fire at one end, or heat, and you get cold at the other, Right. and repairing them, and and so there was there were enough of them around. Enough yeah. people had campers yep. and things like that. Oh, yeah. and it, it kind of kept it going here. Yep. Uh, and if you branched out into other stuff, I mean, you yep. got a as, lot of things. As the uh, as I went on, you know, I started doing air conditioning and furnace work, and then now I just do it all. I got a RV store, and you know, just if it's broke, other than the motor, I'll fix it. I'll try right. to. I'm gonna pause that for a moment here. Now, to sort of look back on the whole thing now, um, do you think the time in the service had much effect on you, either as a person or what you wound up doing with your life? or how Made you me grow things? up. Uh, how did it do that? Just, just, it did. <laughs> well, what does a kid do that a grown-up doesn't do or the other way around? Well, it's a respect, I guess, for mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, you can, you look at a young person out of high school, or even a college person today, mm -hmm. the the way that they treat, the way they act, versus a somebody that's in the military mm -hmm. or has been in the military. You know, it just it's. They think about themselves a lot. Yeah, it's it teaches you to follow orders. It teaches you to respect other people. Uh, you know, it just makes you grow up. Mm -hmm. You're not a kid anymore. Yeah. That's stuff that winds up being useful in a lot of places after that. Yeah. Uh, now, do you think it would be uh, a good thing for the country to have some kind of draft or national service back in? Or is that harder to tell? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Sometimes I think it would be good if they did have some type of a draft to structure, I guess. Is mm -hmm. To structure a person's character and you know, just uh, some of the foreign countries have a 
six month deal or, mm-hmm. the, or even a year and a half right. where they either do a civil service or a military and that would probably be good you know, yeah the only risk would be getting to a war or something yeah, like that on yeah, the other end oh yeah. it's my, my son's in the marines and mm-hmm. you know he used to go to the the school and give little lectures to some of the kids and, mm-hmm. and he'd tell them he said if you go in the military you're going to go to war mm-hmm. so you will go to war and sure enough you know, he, he's been to Iraq twice mm-hmm. well, next to the son's been to Iraq he was in the Gulf War and then he went back I had two boys over there at the same time mm-hmm. in the, in a, and Kurt's wife was in the Marines Reserves and they met over there mm-hmm. so, so actually I had three there at the same time you know yeah well, that's pretty good okay it's not good well <laughs> depending on how you look at yeah. it yeah as long as they don't get hurt yeah all right okay uh are there is there anything else about kind of the time you spent in the service that you tend to remember or think back to just individual events or people or whatever that kind of stick in your mind a little bit just you know I've, I've met up with one of my army buddies from germany a couple times you know and he starts talking about stuff that Gee, I don't remember doing that. But I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> I thought I forgot about that. You know, <laughs> and we traveled. I traveled around a lot when I was over there. When I'm leaving, every chance mm-hmm. I get, and and I toured just about all the free countries, and uh, in Europe except for London or England, mm-hmm. and you know, I saw one of the three Grand Prix over there, and just you know just. Just a lot of stuff you wouldn't yeah. have gotten to do here. And traveling around and being a, a young person, I wasn't into the arts, but mm-hmm. there's you know, like the Louvre, the museums mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, you go in there into the museum and, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> I've seen one, you see them all, you know, I'm out of here. Let's go drink beer. <laughs> all right, then. Well, thank you for taking the time okay. to talk to me today. That's all right. All right. The preceding program is copyrighted by Grand Valley State University. Visit us at gbsu.edu.